so it's your connection to something. Alright, I'm gonna go for it. Coming up in here. Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to our online service. Welcome to our house. This is my living room, if you haven't guessed, and um, the reason that we're worshipping this way today is that uh, we had some family members that were exposed to COVID, and we believe that it's been passed on, and so we're just trying to play it extra safe for everybody. So we are so glad that you have joined us today, and thank you for joining us, and let's open our service in a time of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that um, even when we are, have to be kept apart, Father, we can still worship you in spirit together. And so, Father, we pray that you would be with us today, that you would unite our hearts, and, Father, that our worship would be found something that brings honor and glory to you. So bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our call to worship today is Psalm 103. Verses 1 to 5 and 8 to 12. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Our opening hymn together today will be Immortal, Invisible. It's number 33 if you have a hymnal at home, and uh, please sing along. Pardon me. Thank you. 
Well, thank you to Debbie and to Beth for leading us in that today. Uh, it's a great thing to have these recordings that we've done in the past and be able to reuse them. And so we're really appreciative. Uh, we've had some technical challenges just getting things together today, but hopefully everything's coming through well on your end. And so as we come to our time of announcements today, we have a couple of birthdays that are coming up this week. Amber Dean on February 3rd and Jack Hardiman on February 5th. Happy birthday to both of you. Hope you have a great day. And remember that as we give, uh, we are doing the work of God's kingdom. We are being the stewards that he has asked us to be. And so if you would like to give, you can give through e-transfer to Goshen Baptist Church 9 at gmail.com. And uh, we would gratefully receive that. And we thank you for the way that you support our church and the ongoing ministries of Goshen. Let us take a moment and thank God and pray for the tithes and the offerings. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given to us so that we can give back to you. You have given to us so that we can bless others. And you have given to us so that we can help advance your kingdom. So, Father, we pray that we would indeed be good stewards of all that you've given us. Please bless us, we pray, Father, and bless these tithes and offerings. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next hymn we're going to sing together is number 585, Be Still and Know. we come to our time of praying together today. just wanted to thank everybody for their prayers for our family. Uh, we certainly appreciate that and um, wanted to give you an update that Hillary and Lucas, my daughter-in-law and my grandson, are doing much better. Uh, my son Will has been battling a fever now and so continued prayers for our family would be appreciated. Hannah has also been uh, sick this week and she's uh, had a headache for several days and uh, achy and things like that as well. So we would certainly appreciate your continued prayers for us. Um, also, if you look at our prayer list for today, you'll notice that there are some other names on there 
that haven't been there in the past. Uh, our condolences are extended to Tina Sawatsky this week in the passing of her brother, George Friesen. And uh, also, uh, Dale, Dr. Dale Springer uh, apparently passed away. He was an optometrist in the area for many years. And uh, so we will be praying for his family. Um, also, uh, Dwayne's co-worker, Stan Oatman, passed away. Uh, the fellow that we've been praying for. And so we want to continue to lift up his family as well in prayer at this time. I did have a chat with Roger Sandham this week, and he's coming along. Things are slow. Um, his strength is still lower than he would like it to be, but he's grateful for the prayers, and he's grateful as well for the ability to, to be as well as he had. And as he put it, he's grateful for a second chance. And so it's good for to uh, have that chat with him, and, and we'll continue to be praying for Roger as well. Um, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you again. And at this time, we lift up our friends and our family. Father, those who are in need of your touch. Father, we are personally grateful for all the prayers for our own family and, and for the help that you have granted to us and how the symptoms that Beth and I may have had have been certainly mild. Father, we pray that we continue to bring healing to Hannah uh, restore Lucas and Hillary to full strength and energy and, and be with Will at this time and bring him healing as well. Father, we thank you as well that Hillary's sister is doing better and her mom and pray that you continue to watch over them. And Father, we also uh, lift up Hillary's family this time in the passing of her, her grandmother, her mom's mom. Father, pray that you comfort them too. Father, we continue to pray for those who are in our circle of friends and family, we pray for Roger Sandham. Father, we thank you that he's feeling better. And we thank you that he's been given the second chance, Father. And as he puts it, pray you continue to bring him healing. Father, we continue to lift up Christine Fruin. That you would meet her needs. Continue to pray for Earl Bacher and we ask for healing for him. Father, we continue to pray for healing for Kendall Parsons. As she recovers from surgery, we thank you that for the progress that she has made so far. Continue to pray for Albert Hardeman, Father, for healing. As he battles cancer. Father, we also lift up uh, Kevin Kauk and continue to pray for him, the healing from his accident and from his surgery. Father, also for Angela Mutri, we continue to pray for her, for healing from the strokes that she had. Father, we continue to lift up Lloyd Anderson. We thank you for the successful surgery that he had a few weeks ago and pray that you continue to bring him healing. Father, we continue to lift up Kim McKibben and pray for her healing from cancer. Father, we continue to pray for Dave Callahan and ask for healing and comfort and strength. Father, we continue to lift up Steve Kauk as he also battles cancer and we pray for his healing. Father, we lift up Jean Chambers, Marlene Clemens, Jack and Audrey Woolen. Father, pray that you would meet their needs. You would heal their hurts, carry, their, carry them through the different challenges they face medically. 
Did you lift up Laura Hopkins, Father, and pray for healing? Father, for Louise Groom as well, friend of our family, that you would pray that you would bring her healing. For Becky and John Nichols, Father, we pray that you would give them the healing as they are still recovering from COVID. And we thank you for that John is doing better, but he's still in hospital. So, Father, would you bring him healing? And as mentioned earlier, Father, we pray for the Sawatsky family, the Springer family, and the Oatman family as they grieve the loss of their loved one. Father, we also continue to lift up our sister churches today. Tyrrell Baptist Church and Green Hills Christian Fellowship York. And would you bless them, we pray. And Father, would you meet us in this time together? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our next hymn that we're going to sing together is number 533, There Is a Savior. Scripture this morning is Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, to chapter 5, verse 2. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee... The Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Well, thank you to Scott for sending us our scripture reading for today. We're very grateful for that as well, and have some consistency in our service, even with all of the changes. Well, today we're going to carry on with our series, Faithful Followers, Six Marks of a Believer. And today I wanted to talk about what the world needs. <laughs> the world needs a second bathroom. <laughs> At least our world needed a second bathroom. And so we have been in the process of putting in a bathroom in our basement. And this is the type of toilet that we have. And it has this little tank here. And so it has a pump system, so you can attach a shower to it and a sink, and then it all goes pumped up and out, and it's a pretty cool thing. It's called a Santa Flow. And so we've been in the process of doing this. We actually got a plumber in to do the plumbing because I was a little concerned about cutting into the, the lines of the sewer and the, the pressure line, and so I thought, let's just do it right. 
but the electrical part I did myself. Uh, I have some experience doing electrical. I have experience doing plumbing too, but it was a long time ago. Um, but our house is crazy. There are so many things in our house that have been just done in bizarre ways. And um, when it came to doing this switch here, I wanted a double switch. So the one side here is the light and the other side is the fan. I may have the, them backwards, but anyways, you get the point. And I was trying to run power off of the one side to the other side and I just couldn't make it happen. Um, I tried a bunch of things and then I eventually realized that maybe you just couldn't, it just wouldn't work uh, the way that this wiring was set up. So I ran some different wiring and got it set and we're good to go. But sometimes when I open up <coughs> our wiring, it kind of reminds me of some of the wiring you see in foreign countries where it seems like they just keep throwing new things in there and it's just chaos, absolute chaos. They add it on and hope like heck it works. And so um, sometimes it does, but as you can see, there's some frayed lines here. So maybe sometimes it doesn't work so well either. We have a nice neighbor named Kyle and he's actually an electrician. And so Kyle has offered to help me out with any of the electrical stuff that I do need help with and I'm really grateful. So once we're uh, well, enough, well along with the electrical work, um, I will have Kyle come in and, and check things out, make sure it's done right, because I don't want things done improperly. That's what we need. <laughs> we need the bathroom set up. We need to have our electrical safe. We need our plumbing to not spring leaks. What does the world need? Well, in the passage that Scott read for us, Jesus was in the region of Galilee. He had been baptized out at the Jordan by John the Baptist, and now he was beginning his ministry. And in this beautiful land of Galilee is where he was, all in that region. And what you find in the passage that Scott read for us is that Jesus gave teaching, he gave good news, and he gave healing to people. And I think that's what the world needs today, besides love, sweet love. That probably came to your mind as the title came up there if you're my age or older. But the teaching of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, and the healing of Jesus. You see, the religious in our world today, they're the ones that actually need the teaching of Jesus. The lost need the good news of Jesus. And the hurting need the healing of Jesus. When Jesus began his ministry and he was out in the region of Galilee, uh, he was teaching and he was teaching in the synagogues. As I said, the religious need the teachings of Jesus. And that, you'll notice Jesus was teaching in their synagogues. Jesus was helping them understand how the Old Testament, their scriptures, applied to him. He was helping them understand the Bible correctly. And I would say that today, that's a problem that we have with religious people in our own society, sometimes even in our own churches. So here's a picture of the synagogue at Capernaum. And we were here, and um, it's a neat place. So what happens in this space here is that you see these benches along the side. That's where people would sit. And then at one end, there would be a chair or a seat. And that's where the seat of Moses would be. People would stand up to read scripture, and then when they would sit in what they called the seat of Moses to teach, that's where Jesus would have taught, one of the places. 
But the problem that they had in all of Scripture's time, the problem that we have today is a word called syncretism. The other problem that we have in our world today is relativism. And the third problem that we wrestle with in our own culture and with our religious people is minimalism. And let me unpack that for you today. When you hear people talking about karma, and I mean Christian people, and they're talking about karma, or Mother Nature, or reincarnation even. You know, maybe this happened to me in a past life kind of thing. That's syncretism. It's mixing faith together. Somebody might say, karma is going to get you, or him, or her. Or that Mother Nature is unhappy. Or maybe Mother Nature is cruel. Mother Nature is kind. Mother Nature is mixed up. We get that sometimes today. You know, when we talk about Mother Nature, that's not a Christian idea. Karma is not a Christian idea. It's like these people with the wiring where they've taken everything and they just kind of splice it all together. And some people think that they can hedge their bets by bringing different faith things together. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. It's kind of like having a whole bunch of keys and trying to make something fit and something work. That's what syncretism is about. It's this mixing of things together, but it seldom or never really works because that's not what God planned. You end up being confused with these crazy notions that don't actually fit when you read the Bible. And then when you read the Bible, sometimes it, it causes conflict. But syncretism robs God of the glory, the power, and authority that he is actually due. You know, if we, talk, if we talk about Mother Nature doing this or that, then we're robbing God of the glory that he deserves because he is actually in control. If we talk about karma as if it was some force out there, we rob God of his power and authority because God is actually in control. And so if we talk about reincarnation as well, as if it's something real, we rob God of the glory and power that he's created when he's made us in his own image. You see, the truth is way better than this synchronistic mix that we have. So let's take a look and see what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created it. And so God is in power. God is in control. And if we look at how God is in control... We can turn to Job and look at chapters 38 to 41, where God speaks to Job of all the ways that he is in control. And God made us unique. God made each one of us and created us in his image. We are not just some sort of ongoing cycle of humanity. We are unique individuals. Each one of us with our own life. We're not going to come back as something else. We're not going to see somebody in our family come back as something else. Some other creature. This is not what the Bible teaches. This is what other faiths teach. We are created unique. See, God is the one who brings justice, not some karmic force. God is in control, not Mother Nature. That's a pagan thought. And God has made us unique, each one of us. And so that's why when we pray to God, it's meaningful. We are connecting with God. 
Some people think that the Bible is outdated. Uh, before I get there, sorry, there's another thought that I had, which was that when God has created each one of us like this, when God is in control, we recognize that God also controls our ultimate destiny, you know, our eternity. The scriptures tell us that man is born once and he will die once and then face the judgment, excuse me. And so that's what the that's what it's about. We're not going to keep coming back. We're not don't have another life. We are either going to sleep or we are going to be in Jesus' presence. That's what the Bible tells us. But we are not going to be coming back as this other thing. And so us as unique people, we have the power to connect with God, who has the power to change things. We are not just floating along with forces that are beyond our power to do anything about. We can connect with the one who is the power behind everything. That's why it matters. Now, some people think that the Bible is outdated, outmoded, and out of context. And that's when you have relativism, relativism in your faith. It's when you're twisting faith, when you're saying that, you know what, I'm, I don't like it the way it is. And so I'm going to change it in some way. And you'll hear people say things like, maybe that's true for you, but it's not true for me. Or the Bible is not relevant for my life. And so the, their attitude when it comes to certain things that they read in the Bible is, no, that's not for me. Or, or maybe they just decide they want to kind of cut around that. We're going to ignore these parts of Scripture. That's not how the Bible works. See, the problem is we need an authority that is outside of ourselves. If we don't have an authority that is outside of ourselves, then all of our morals and values will be subjective. There will always be something where somebody says, well, you might think this, but I think that. And so we need a greater power that is outside of us, that brings their values into us, so that we know what the ultimate values should be. And those are found through God. This is why we need an authority outside of ourselves, why we need the Bible, the Word of God. Otherwise, we just have this confused mess of, well, what do we believe and what should our values be? It's why we need the Bible to tell us what God thinks, what God values, what God says is right, and what God says is wrong. And relativism, when we do those other things, it robs the Word of the authority to direct our lives. And the word of God is what should direct our lives. So the truth is way better than relativism. What does the Bible say on this? Well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And also in Hebrews 13.8, we read that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, we can rely on the word of God, both the written word and Jesus as the word, as being unchanging. And those values that God has given us are values for eternity. The reality is that perception can vary. You know, some people say, well, truth varies depending on how you look at it. That's not correct. Perception varies, right? If somebody says, well, that, that chair is brown, and somebody else says, well, no, I think it's a different color, or a different shade, or I would call it, I don't even know, mud-colored, let's say. Um, perception can vary. How we see things from different angles can vary, but the truth does not change. Opinion can vary as well. 
Some people might say, oh, I think this, and other people say, I think that. Opinion can vary, but the truth does not change. See, truth is not relative. Truth is true for everyone. And the Word of God must be our final authority. We have to have something that's outside of ourselves that tells us what is right, what is wrong, what is true, what is false. And that is the Word of God. And again, that's why it's so important for us to be reading and praying and connecting with the Word of God. There's another problem that religious people sometimes have, which is, and it comes in the form of apathy and excuses and alternatives. And that's when we have minimalism, where it's barely faith at all. Just the bare minimum of faith. Maybe the people that say grace or say that they believe but don't do anything about it. Have a Bible but never read it. Maybe go to church once in a while. They come up with lines like, well, I can't be bothered. Or I have better things to do. And whether they say that or whether they just live that out, some people that are religious have a minimalistic faith. And their attitude is kind of like this. Faith, is it really that important in my life? But minimalism robs faith of the power to energize our lives. Faith should be something that brings us energy, should bring, that brings us uh, excitement and joy. Because the truth is way better than minimalism. What does the Bible say on it? Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants us to have a life that is full, complete. That sounds good, right? Jesus also said, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The life of faith should be one that is full and full of joy. But unfortunately, with this minimalism, they're trying to plug in other things into the locks, trying to find another key that will bring that joy and that meaning and that sense of completeness that can only be found in a real and vibrant faith. So when it comes to teaching, I said the religious need the teaching of Jesus. And so Jesus went out and he taught the religious people. But the second thing that I said that Jesus did is that Jesus also brought good news. And the lost need the good news of Jesus. As it said in the passage Scott read for us, Jesus went out proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And there are a lot of people that need to hear this good news today. Uh, Romans 10, 8 to 13, tells us all about how the good news can be found. And I have a Bible. Did I bring it with me? No. One sec. (laughs) Can I get through here? embarrassing moment for the pastor when he doesn't have a Bible in hand. I always expect some technical glitches, right, when you do things from home? 
Romans 10. I am reading from a Bible I've never read before, the complete personalized promise Bible. Should be interesting. We'll read from 6 to 13. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way. Do not say in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Jesus down from above, or who shall ascend into the, descend into the deep, that is to bring Jesus up again from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith which we preach. If you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart a person believes, and with the mouth they have confession made unto salvation. For the scripture says that whoever believes in him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between the Greek and the Jew, for the same Lord is over all. And whoever calls upon the Lord shall be saved. And this is a very familiar passage to us. Um, but it goes on to say this. How can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have never heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And we remember the story of Philip and after uh, in, the, in the book of Acts where Jesus had gone back into heaven and the disciples were doing their work. And there was this treasurer from Ethiopia. And he was called by the Holy Spirit to go over there to see him. And Acts 26 to 39, it tells us of this story of Philip going up to this man and seeing what it was that the Spirit wanted him to help out with. Let's take a look at that together. A really interesting promise Bible. It doesn't have that section. So I'm going to summarize it for you. So what happened was, of course, Philip went up to this man and he saw that he was reading for the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And the response from the treasure was, how can I unless someone explains it to me? And that is what we are called to do. So Philip got invited up into the chariot and they traveled on together and Philip explained to this treasurer about the word of God, what it meant in Isaiah, how it was all pointing towards Jesus. And there's a world of people out there that don't know Jesus at all. Some who have never even heard of him, especially in our younger generations. And we have the privilege and opportunity to go and share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. To explain to them what it says in scripture so that they can understand what it means for their own life. Well, what a cool privilege. And the lost need the good news because up to this point they've just been trying different things. And nothing is going to work except for Jesus Christ. As Jesus continued his ministry in Galilee, the other thing that he did was healing. It's the other thing that the world needs. You see, the hurting need the healing of Jesus. As Scott read for us, it said that Jesus was healing every disease and sickness. 
physical, emotional, psychological. See, these are areas of healing that people have today as well. It's not just the physical stuff, but it's the emotional, the psychological. Can we bring healing to people today? Maybe we can't bring physical healing like Jesus did. Maybe we can as we pray over people. It's why we pray each week for that list of people that God would intercede. It's why we pray for one another all the time. And we can do that for others too. We can do all sorts of things. As it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up. That's a way to bring healing to others. There's three things that we can do that help bring healing to others. That is to give up, show up, and lift up. We need to give up our time. We may need to give up some of our resources to bring healing to another. When there's an opportunity to give to a work that is bringing medical help to others, are you contributing to that? Do you show up when somebody needs healing, somebody needs somebody to listen to them, to care, to love? Do you lift them up in prayer? That's a way of bringing healing. You see, we as Christians have been given the word of Christ. And through the Holy Spirit, we have been given the mind of Christ. And as church, we are the body of Christ. And we are called to give to others. Out of all of this, we have the tools. We have the ability to continue on in the ministry that Jesus did way back 2,000 years ago in Galilee. But we need to do it where we live today. See, so many people with their faith and their the things that they're trying to cope with are like this wiring mess in our basement or out there in the third world countries where they're just trying to plug things in and try and make it work. Or they're like the person who has a whole bunch of keys trying to stick them in a lock, trying to get it to actually work for them. And all it's creating is a bunch of chaos. And whether they are the religious or the lost or the hurting, we are called to bring them out of that chaos. Faithful followers of Jesus must do what he did. In the work of Jesus, when he was teaching, sharing the good news and healing, we must give the world what it really needs. We must teach the truth. We must share the gospel, and we must be agents of healing. Because the world needs help, the world needs hope, and the world needs healing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us the tools to do all of the work that Jesus did. Jesus, we thank you that you began this work, this ministry, nearly 2,000 years ago, and it still goes on today. Help us to teach those who are misguided in the religious world. Help us to reach out to the lost with the good news. Help us to bring healing to the hurting. Thank you for the opportunity to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our final hymn together today is my hope is in the Lord, number 540.
religious need the teaching of Jesus to know what really is the word of God the lost need the good news of Jesus to know that there is good news there is hope and the hurting need the healing of Jesus so let us go from this time and let us be his agents of truth of hope and of healing in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit amen